selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. This is the house where nightmares become reality. A place where ghosts lurk around every corner. When the Lee family moved into a secluded log cabin in the middle of the Black Forest in Colorado, they thought they hit the jackpot. The gorgeous two-story home sat on five acres in the densest part of the woods. It was quiet, peaceful, and completely secluded. They were all alone out there. Not long after moving in, things took a haunting turn. The family began hearing strange sounds at night, like orchestra music coming from the woods. They would often wake to the sounds of chains rattling. The Lees would see lurking shadowy figures in the forest outside their home, and they began to smell this strange odor that would burn their eyes and throats. Inside the cabin, lights and appliances would turn on and off on their own. They would see apparitions and mirrors, They felt they were being watched from whoever or whatever was lurking in those woods. After countless visits from police, high-tech security systems, and dozens of sleepless nights, the Lees were finally forced to confront the idea that their cabin in the woods was haunted. The Lees' home has been visited by numerous paranormal experts, and they all agree the Black Forest House is one of the few mystifying locations on this planet that connects our world to the next. This is one of the most haunted homes in recorded history, and one of the most truly unique paranormal cases you'll ever hear. I'm Avery Ross, and this is Avery After Dark. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy you're here for today's episode. I have a very spooky, ghostly, supernatural story in store for you. This is a real case out of Colorado, and I've been looking forward to this one for a while. You all love ghost stories. So just know this spooky season, I'll have you covered. Now we've talked about some pretty chilling haunted house stories on Avery After Dark, but this case, the Lee family and the Black Forest haunting, 
is really unique in its own way and different from a lot of the other cases that we've discussed. And it's all set in the Black Forest in Colorado, which, come on, that already sounds spooky. You know what's up. Make sure you're following along wherever you listen to Avery After Dark. If you're watching here on YouTube, subscribe, leave a like and a comment, and turn on post notifications. I don't want you to ever miss out on an episode. And if you haven't already, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much in growing the show so I can continue creating more and more for you all. And if you want all these episodes early and ad-free, join the Patreon. Linking that in the show notes. Thank you for all of your support. Now, without further ado, today's haunting. When you think of a forest, what comes to mind? Maybe visions of trees and nature, meadows, woodland creatures. For others, the thought of being alone in the forest, out in the dense woods with not a soul for miles, can be a bit unsettling. To truly understand this story, we gotta talk about where all of this went down. The Black Forest in Colorado resides just north of Colorado Springs. And when viewed from the summit of Pikes Peak, the Black Forest looks like a large black mass, hence the name Black Forest. Quite similar to the Black Forest in Germany, which is said to have been the inspiration for stories such as Hansel and Gretel and Rapunzel, the Black Forest in Colorado has a lot of history. Arrowheads and charcoal pits provide evidence that the area was occupied by Native Americans at least 800 years ago. The dense ponderosa pines provided them with protection, fuel, and timber. These tribes were displaced by the Kiowas around 1800, and almost 40 years later, the Arapaho and Cheyenne tribes joined forces to drive out the Kiowas and became the last Native Americans to inhabit the Black Forest area. When American pioneers began to settle in the region in the late 1850s, the Black Forest became an important center of activity for timber, Millions and millions of feet of lumber and lots of jobs. Farming and ranching were big in the area, and it's important to note that the Black Forest is not an incorporated town, but it is well known by that name. When an area is unincorporated, it essentially means it's not run by a municipal corporation. It's not a town, it's not a city, it's just a place, it's land. And being inside those woods almost feels like you're in the enchanted forest. In 2020, the population of Black Forest was around 13,000 people. And folks generally move or live in the Black Forest because they're seeking privacy. They love the seclusion, the nature, all the trees. Many people would also want to live there so they can have their horses and farms close by. Whatever the reason may be, this area is very popular. And this brings us to the Lee family. In 1991, a couple named Steve and Beth Lee and their two sons were a very happy family who had just moved to the Black Forest. Like so many others, Steve moved his family there for the beauty, nature, and privacy. Secluded and surrounded by dense woods, it was a dream for the family to settle down and raise their kids there. And I will say, there's something really beautiful about being able to raise kids in an environment where they can be outside in nature. I know my childhood was spent mainly outdoors, and I loved it. I was always running around my neighborhood with friends. I was playing outside every night until my mom called me in when it got dark. Nowadays, I almost feel bad for kids. They're inside playing games on their phones all day. 
So the Lees were really wanting that experience for their family to be out in the wilderness, have a piece of the Black Forest all to themselves. But man, they got more than they bargained for. After years of renting homes around Colorado, the Lees had finally found it. Their dream home. A beautiful, spacious, two-story log cabin that sat on five acres of land off Swan Road in the densest and most isolated part of the Black Forest. Come on, a log cabin in the woods? Very picturesque and very homey. The family had been looking for that ideal quiet place, and this was it. Now, when the Lees first toured the home, they felt that this was everything that they had wanted and more. So much space, so tranquil and peaceful, surrounded by woods. But the thing is, when you're this secluded, you are alone. At night, when you look out your window, it's pure darkness. For miles, there isn't a soul. For some, that may sound great. Others, not so much. When the Lees moved in, it didn't take long for things to really take a turn. Within weeks of purchasing the home, the activity began. Unbeknownst to the Lees, the previous owner allegedly had experienced intense paranormal activity there. And he himself was convinced the house was haunted. But he didn't share his experiences with the Lees when they bought the home. He thought people would laugh at him and call him crazy. So when the Lees moved in, he claimed he didn't keep the fact that the house was haunted from them out of malice, but mainly because he was afraid he would be ridiculed. Which reminds me so much of the Conjuring house, when the Perrin family moved into the old Arnold estate. The gentleman who lived there before them also apparently experienced frequent paranormal events, so much so that he always kept the lights on inside, even at night. But he too didn't really tell anyone because he thought that people would make fun of him too. So when the Lees purchased the home, they were basically going in blind to a supernatural sinkhole. And it started with hearing really strange sounds. Footsteps. They would hear what sounded like someone walking around the house at all hours of the night when everyone was in bed. And they heard other strange noises too. Beth Lee, Steve's wife, said they would be lying in their bedrooms at night and hear the sounds of chains rattling. Another night, Beth said they woke up and heard orchestra music coming from the woods. So the family knows that this is odd, but being out in the woods, you hear a lot of strange things. And it's hard and sometimes impossible to pinpoint where the sounds are even coming from. But imagine being out there in these woods in the middle of the night and hearing sounds coming from the darkness. You don't know who or what is out there. And the strange activity was getting more intense by the day. TVs would turn on and off by themselves. Lights would flicker. Appliances would turn on and off on their own. Beth referred to these occurrences as light shows. She said one day they came home and it was like the 4th of July in their living room and bedroom. All the lights were flashing on and off and it sounded like people were stomping across their roof. Beth said these strange things were happening every single day in the home. So this was all really unsettling for sure, but electrical issues, hearing bizarre sounds... These are not unheard of in homes surrounded by trees and natural space. At first, the Lees ignored their instincts that there was something supernatural going on, and they thought it was maybe some old electrical wiring going haywire. But then, things took an even spookier turn. The two Lee boys would consistently tell their parents that they were seeing weird lights and shadows in their rooms. 
And things really jumped up a notch when the kids began to see these shadowy figures skulking about the woods around their house. But hands down, one of the strangest phenomenons was this untraceable chemical odor that would hit the family out of nowhere. This pungent chemical smell would burn the family members' eyes, throats, noses, and ears. It was really bad, and they had no idea where this odor was coming from. They couldn't track down a source for the smell. Now, upstairs, there were a lot of strange things going on, too. In one of the bedrooms was a 100-year-old mirror, and the family reported seeing apparitions and floating faces in the mirror on countless occasions. Now, this is really interesting and telling of what the Lees were experiencing. I'd be remiss if we didn't take an opportunity to take a beat to discuss mirrors. For centuries, mirrors have been surrounded by superstition and haunted tales. The ancient Romans believed that mirrors or any reflective surface was a reflection of the human soul. And they also believed that the soul could become trapped inside the mirror. Many cultures all around the world feel that mirrors are portals to other worlds, predictors of the future, and windows into the afterlife. And this one is so creepy. Some cultures believe that mirrors are watching you as you watch them. A sort of two-way viewing screen. Can you believe that? Ugh. That makes me want to throw out all my mirrors. Or cover them up. And there's a centuries-old practice of covering up mirrors in a house where a loved one is dying. As the superstition goes, it's due to the fact that you might see death or the devil himself in the reflection, coming to gather the soul of the departed. In that same vein, some say the dead can get confused and pass into the mirror instead of the realm they were intended to go into after death. Pretty eerie, right? So covering up the mirror is thought to help them pass with ease. The Victorians used heavy black cloth on all mirrors in the homes of the newly deceased, as their fear and belief in spiritualism was strong, and their belief in the afterlife and the protection of their relatives was even stronger. Victorians were obsessed with the spiritual movement, an investigation into spirits and seances and communicating with the dead. From their interest came parlor and mirror games that exist even today, like chanting Bloody Mary into a mirror three times to see if she will show up, or lighting a candle and watching for your future husband to show his face behind you. I've never tried that one, but hmm, interesting. Many experts say that mirrors are the portal in which ghosts and spirits can access our world, stepping in and out of the mirror to come in and out of our world on their own. So, back to the Lees. The idea of mirrors and supernatural go way back, so it's not really any surprise here that the family was seeing things. They reported seeing apparitions and faces inside the mirror. I have a photo that I'm going to show you from the Lees' home in a bit, from this exact mirror, that will give you chills. But with all of this going on, the family knew something was really wrong. At this point, Beth very much believed that this was paranormal. She felt the house was haunted. Now, Steve, in true dad in a horror movie fashion, he did not think that the house was haunted, which is so like the dad in every single scary movie. There's ghosts and spirits tormenting the house and the wife and kids are petrified. And then there's the dad. Like, we're fine. This is fine. Things are not fine, dad. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. You're back with Avery After Dark. Steve actually suspected that this was someone trying to scare the family out of their new home. They were new there. It wouldn't be inconceivable for some local to be messing with them. As I mentioned, this area really is a place that many residents want to keep private. They want to keep it secluded. They don't want this to be a town. They like it as is. What makes the Black Forest so special is because it is so isolated, so secluded. So for Steve, it wasn't so far-fetched to think that someone was bothered by his family moving in and wanted to teach them a lesson. Drive them out of the home altogether. Steve wondered, was all of this just the work of a prankster? Now, I do have a question here. Has this actually ever happened to anyone? Ever? For someone to be pranking this family for months and months, that's a lot of commitment and time for some prankster. I get someone messing with a new neighbors once or twice. Maybe, hey, let's ding dong ditch them. So unless this was the work of a truly demented person who obviously had no job, Ghosts seem more likely than having some prankster coming to play orchestra music, dragging chains around and stomping all over the roof every night. Come on. Oh, and they're releasing a chemical odor as part of the prank. I mean, really? But hey, it's possible, right? Anything is possible. So what do you do when you think you're getting pranked? You get techie. Steve installed a state-of-the-art security system complete with video surveillance and motion detectors. So this was going to be it. The Lees could finally see who was behind all these strange happenings. Steve felt that he was going to catch this individual, this elusive prankster. The case would be closed and everyone could move on with their lives. But chillingly, these systems started going off all the time with no one around to trigger them. No identifiable activity or point of origin. So they were getting alerted that there was movement, someone in their backyard or in their bedroom. But then when they'd go to look, there was no one there. So you know someone's around, you just can't see them. That's a million times scarier than some prankster. And finally, Steve was forced to confront the idea that this was truly something paranormal. 
Over the next four years of living there, the family reported 62 unexplained break-ins at the home. So at least once or twice a month, the Lees were reporting a break-in. They contacted police, and the El Paso County Sheriff's Department originally believed the same as Steve, that this had to be the work of pranksters. And the other electrical issues, lights flashing on and off, that was just shoddy, unstable wiring because the house was so secluded in the woods. That was their theory. So the Sheriff's Department opened an investigation in 1993. But the problem was, there was not one single piece of evidence that anyone had been in the home and nothing was ever missing. They never caught anyone on the surveillance cameras, and in total, authorities made 45 separate trips to the Lee's cabin. And not once, not one single time, did they ever find any proof of criminal activity. Nothing happening could be explained. In turn, Steve decided to up his surveillance game again by adding more cameras in the home and around the woods. And he hired a private investigator. Steve was determined to catch whatever this was on camera. And he captured some pretty spooky looking photos. Pictures with orbs, mists, random beams of light, and ghostly forms with faces. After buying and renting every camera he could, Steve admitted that this was beyond anything he could ever imagine. In total, Steve captured over 3,000 photos and countless hours of video evidence of paranormal activity within the home. Steve Lee, who was once skeptical, was now a believer. Steve sent these photos to Fate Magazine, which is a magazine that covers the strange and unknown, the mysterious and paranormal. And it's actually the longest running magazine devoted to the supernatural, co-founded in 1948. And Fate was really interested in these images, and many were published in their November 1994 issue. Let's take a look at some of these photos, shall we? We're going to go from mysterious to downright terrifying. For my friends listening to the podcast right now, I'm going to explain what we're looking at here. But if you get a chance, you gotta come check out these photos on the Avery After Dark YouTube channel. The first photo is of the exterior of the Lee's cabin, and it appears to be just covered in orbs. Hundreds, with a smoky, hazy mist. This next photo is inside the home, and again, you can see the picture is foggy, hazy, large orbs. These photos look a bit ominous. There's just a lot going on. And then we get to the stuff of nightmares. This next photo is that of that upstairs mirror, and if you can see, it shows the faces of what appears to be two apparitions, clear as day. They have these creepy white glowing eyes. Now this, this is one of the scariest photos I've seen in my life. That is so creepy. The Lee family said they drained their funds trying to catch whoever was causing the activity. I mean, this went on for years, as you heard. And I find it shocking that the Lees put up with this for years, but they stayed. In desperate need for answers, the couple reached out to the television show Sightings in 1995 and asked them to come to the cabin and check things out for themselves. With all these paranormal photos, they felt they had a real case on their hands and possibly the team at Sightings could help the Lees get answers. While ghost hunting shows seem to be on every channel and every network nowadays, this wasn't always the case. Sightings was an OG on the paranormal block and covered everything supernatural. 
And in the 90s, there weren't many options in the case you had a haunted home. Now you can Google paranormal investigators near me, but back then it was really word of mouth. And it was clear that police weren't going to be able to give much help or insight into what was really going on. So the show paid a visit to the Black Forest to see what they could find with the Lee's haunting. Little did they know, they would extensively capture what has become known as one of the most famous hauntings in America. The sightings crew brought in a psychic medium named Echo Bodine. Echo felt that there were as many as 20 spirits in the home, all led by one, a threatening male spirit in the living room. This male spirit was the one who claimed to own the home. This was his house. Echo Bodine judged the level of otherworldly activity in the house as monumental. During the filming of a discussion with the psychic and the Lees at the kitchen table, Beth Lee suddenly began to feel as though someone was holding her down. She said something cold was pressing on her, making it hard for her to breathe. At the very same time this was happening, a crew member named Sherry felt something go into her. Her chest, arms, and legs became numb. So Sherry ran to a corner where she crouched down and began sobbing. Echo instructed her to repeat the words, clear me, over and over out loud to rid her of any unwanted spirits. But Sherry said she wasn't able to feel normal until she was far away from the house. So from the get-go, the spirits were really making their presence known to the production crew. Cameras were knocked off tripods. The crew heard repeated thumping noises throughout the house. They used a thermal spectrograph to test for paranormal hotspots within the home. It's said that when a ghost is haunting a space, it takes energy from the air, which zaps it of its temperature. This is why people living in haunted homes will report temperature drops out of nowhere. This is also why batteries will drain quickly in haunted spots, lights will flicker, appliances will turn on and off. This is because those spirits are drawing on that energy. And this is why being in a haunted space, people often become so tired, run down, depressed, just fully depleted. It's because harmful spirits can also pull energy off of people as well. So the crew used the thermal to see what was going on inside the Lee's home. Echo Bodine found the roof to be a hot spot, and the upstairs bedroom was full of spirits. She really advised this room should not be used for any kind of rest. After the sightings crew wrapped up and left, they began dissecting their findings, analyzing the photos, videos, and experiences, and felt that the Lee's home was genuinely haunted. And strangely, a couple weeks after the crew left, something started to happen to Steve. He began suffering really bad headaches, migraines, and actually, he experienced swelling in his brain. So he went to the ER to be checked by doctors. But they found, although there was swelling, they couldn't find an explanation or reason for it. They found no bruising, nothing. Six months later, a well-known psychic who also worked with the TV show Sightings, named Peter James, visited the house. And just as Echo Bodine had said, Peter too felt that there were numerous spirits within the home. He said that as he walked through the cabin, he felt as if someone's arms were wrapped around his legs. Peter immediately felt a pull of a powerful psychic energy on the property, on the land, and was drawn to that very same bedroom Echo was pulled to. In a creepy turn of events, 
Peter was hit by that overwhelming burning chemical odor that the family had been smelling for years. They had no idea where it was coming from, but it was really offensive. Peter smelled it and suddenly turned to the Lees and asked them if the name Howard meant anything to them. Steve and Bethley were so taken aback and said, that is so personal, how would he know that? The familiar name Howard was their dear friend, who Beth called their adopted granddaddy for the last 10 years. As they revealed more about their old friend, the chemical smell began to make more sense. Turns out Howard's son, Howard Jr., died of what everyone believed was a drug overdose in the 1960s, and everyone mourned his death. James then asked the Lees if there was anyone connected to him that was a pharmacist. James said that Howard was there to tell the family that he did not die of an overdose, but instead, he was actually murdered. Whoa. It was revealed that Howard Jr.'s best friend's father was a pharmacist, and Howard Jr. and the best friend would often steal prescriptions, which led to everyone believing that when he died, it was an overdose. But Peter said that Howard's spirit was coming forward to tell the family that, no, this was actually murder. So this is a possible true crime case inside a haunting. Wow. James then asked the Lees if they ever felt that Howard was trying to protect them from the other spirits within the home. And they both said yes, they had felt that. The Lees reportedly became really emotional and overwhelmed by all of this, and they had to end the session. But in the end, James felt that Howard's spirit was protecting them from this vortex of evil spirits on the land and within the home. And those strange chemical smells were related to Howard Jr.'s death. Steve had to take a moment to compose himself, saying, there is no way on God's green earth that he could have known about Howard. Peter went on to confirm the first medium's findings, pinpointing much of the hauntings as originating from an upstairs closet. And this closet was thought to be some sort of a vortex for spirits, a portal to the other side. And Peter also felt that that mirror kept in the master bedroom was also a hotspot. Over the years, the house has been visited by several psychics and paranormal experts who agree. The Black Forest House is one of the few locations on this planet that connects our world to the next. A Hopi shaman consulted on the Black Forest hauntings reported that the area is a rainbow vortex. A rainbow vortex is a gateway between the worlds of the living and the dead. Vortexes are at the center of most really haunted places, and mysterious spots like the Bermuda Triangle. Some have theorized that this area is a time-space warp. A hyper-dimensionalist studies expert named Gary Hart thought that the least property might have been the location of a time-space warp, which is crazy. A time-space warp would allow beings to travel between worlds and time. Hart says that these spots are more likely where paranormal phenomenon is visible. This leads to a very interesting theory that many have, which is that ghosts are actually impressions left through time where our time stream has crossed over with theirs. Whoa, that will blow your mind. Even still today in the home, doors open and close by themselves, appliances turn on and off, objects disappear or are hidden, alarms will go off for no reason, and shadowy figures and disembodied voices can be seen and heard. Red, yellow, and white light forms can be seen, 
as well as apparitions of an old lady, a little girl, a burly man in 1800s-style clothing, and a flying dog, not to mention the hundreds of faces still seen in that bedroom mirror. As of the latest update a few years back, the Lee family was still living in the home. Because the TV show drummed up so much interest in the property, many have tried to debunk the haunted theory in photos. This includes a state senator and an electromagnetics expert. But these two men, as well as many others, have walked away believers. On June 11, 2013, this area suffered the Black Forest Fire, a massive wildfire which burned thousands of acres and destroyed almost 500 homes. The rebuilding of this area began, and to this day, ghosts and all, the Black Forest in Colorado remains a hotspot for people looking to build a new home or search for land for sale. Now, for all of you thrill seekers, I would never, ever suggest trying to visit this house, its private property. As reported, the house is surrounded by surveillance cameras and silent alarms. And as far as the Lee family goes, they have really chosen to stay out of the spotlight. You're hard-pressed to even find a photo of them online. And overall, it seems like the family really wants to maintain their privacy, which who could blame them? But this has led a lot of people to believe that they didn't want fame from all of this, they just wanted answers. So, after all of this, what do you think was going on at the Lee's cabin? I would love, love, love to know your thoughts. Leave them in the comments here on YouTube. This is really one of those haunting stories that's so unique. The spirits connected to the Lee's house itself, the land, the history... Then the medium coming in and claiming that some of the activity was from the Lees themselves and their lost loved ones, and a possible little true crime case in there, it's all very interesting. You all know I always love getting your take on these cases and stories, so let me know. Next week's episode is another very mysterious one, so mark your calendars. Every Thursday, new episode drops. Until then, I'm Avery Ross, and this is Avery After Dark. Selling a little, or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap, or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com audioboom, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 